How's it hanging? We are here, the amateur nerds, back with another Wildcat Minute. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I'm getting used to this whole hosting thing. Yeah, I eased off, I eased off the brakes. Usually I jump in with something. I know. We are the amateur nerds. I am Condra. And I'm Tyler. And we're bringing at you Minute 6 of High School Musical, which starts with a key change and ends with a firm handshake. <laughs> the two things I like in a, in a movie, key changes and handshakes. Oh, yeah. Some nice introductions. Yeah, it's nice to sing a romantic song with someone and then learn their name. Yeah, it's, it's important. It's the important things. Yeah. It's like your classic duet. So, yeah, so they're, they finish the song Start of Something New. Start of Something New. Is it the start of something new? No, it's just start of something start new. Start of something new. All right, we don't like articles. No. No articles here. <laughs> okay. So drop all the articles from this. Uh, your editing challenge. No articles in this. <laughs> all right. I won't speak with any articles today. That sentence didn't have any articles in it. And now none of the... Ah! <laughs> it's hard it to is, speak without them. It's wicked hard. Them. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So they're moving and grooving, which I actually have in my notes, moving and grooving. I was going to say, I don't think that's the, the correct phrase to describe 16-year-olds. But, but it's what is in my notes. So they start dancing. Troy gets really into it. Yeah. Like, after this key change, he is like, full dance. He's like, I didn't know I could I express emotions that. like this. I know. Ooh. So he starts really dancing. After he dips the mic and goes explosion key change. He keeps doing more like hand motions towards Gabriella. He like wants to. It's his way of inviting her to participate. He's yeah. the extrovert trying to glean her energy. Yeah. Slash trying to like grab her shoulder or something. I don't know. Do like a rocking motion. Not yeah. that would be completely inappropriate for this song, but that's what he's going Just for. like a shoulder hug. Yeah. Sideways yeah. thing. Sideways. <laughs> But he starts moving towards her. Yeah. And I don't like it. <laughs> I said no multiple times. Yeah. So it's well, it's it's a thing that happens over the course of like the first 30 seconds of a minute. So and and we noticed this. So the mic stands used to be in front of them. And then they sl- they slowly migrate to be behind the two of them. Because of Troy. Because of Troy. So he he at some point we don't really see moves his mic stand behind. No, we kind of see it. He's got his hand on it. It's right after they do the big note. He like starts move. He like moves his mic stand back, and then he starts walking towards Gabriella. Yeah. Well, in the key change, they both take their mics off the mic stands, so it makes sense. Yeah. And then yeah, he moves towards Gabriella, and and then in the next kind of big moment, he like puts his hand on her mic stand while she's got and her like mic. Slowly stand. moves it away. Yeah, she's got her hand on the mic stand. Like it's a physical barrier between the two of them. It's their yeah. last barrier. Yeah. And he has removed that barrier. <laughs> He's like, nope, we are in this together now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> We're all in this together? Um no, not this song tie. This is oh. starting something new. Oh, okay. We've only been talking Wait, about Wait, this is the end of it though. I just died a little, folks. Uh, oh, so but but basically all right, so two things happen. The first thing is that, yeah, he, he he gets, after the mic stand goes behind her, he gets, like, so close to her that she, like, backs off for a second and, like, falls off the stage. Luckily, there's a guy there to, like, push her back up. Yeah, it's it's a little aggressive. It's definitely, like, he hasn't shown this before throughout the singing, and he, like, gets really close really quickly. Yeah. And the second the 
Mike's, she'd been comfortable in like singing along and jamming, like dancing, having a good time, like singing really loud. And then he moves the mic stand and she tenses up again. Like it's in her body language. She stops looking at him as much. She gets really on the defensive. I would say it's like when you're as a woman walking down the street at night, fearing of attack. Like it kind of has that vibe to it. Yeah, there definitely is the sense of it. A predatory I, vibe. Yeah, and but then he backs off. Like after she after she falls, she's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna sing from over like here. We'll be close and like looking at each other, but it's not gonna be like we're standing like two inches from each other." Yeah, which is like good. Yeah, kind it's of? it's good that there's like it's okay for communication to happen unspoken and like for there to be like a little slip up in which no one gets hurt. Yeah, and then. You realize, and then you get to a point where everyone's okay. That's yes. natural and good. Yes, yeah. And definitely. she's not uncomfortable for that long. It's just when he gets too close to her for one sec, she falls over and gets back up, and then they're fine. Yeah, he backs away. They start dancing again, and they finish the song. And it, it's... Yeah. It's not even something you would notice. No, I... Unless... Well, it's something you notice... Yeah, because the fall is definitely very apparent when you're watching it, not one minute at a time, but the over analysis we've just provided of like the facial expressions and yeah. stuff you only get one minute yeah. at a time it's i would say to a to an eight-year-old watching that's like a silly awkward moment like oh he gets too close and she falls over like ooh, cute romance thing yeah. and then we see it as like okay he needs to back off a little bit and he does which is mm-hmm. good yeah so he gets intense but it's okay and while they're singing there's a lot going on in the background yeah that i just like People can't keep yeah, time. There aren't that many background shots. Um, no, not a lot of wide shots, but some of their close-ups, you kind of notice in the background there are these two TV monitors that are facing the opposite direction, so there are presumably at least one, maybe two TV monitors in front of them that are playing the words to the song. The, yeah, and then the ones behind, behind them are just are kind of shots shot. of the crowd. Yeah, which is which very is weird. weird. <laughs> Where are these cameras? We don't see them because they're of the people we are looking at yeah. behind them. So unless they're mounted in the ceiling somewhere that we can't see, it's a very weird... Yeah, and it, well, it doesn't make sense to have that kind of live stream going. No. So yeah, we get... I mean, the shot structure is basically the same as the last minute, as I explained it. We have the occasional wide shot where you can see the whole stage and the crowd behind them. The medium shots where it's kind of a little further out and you can see both Troy and Gabriella. But what's interesting in this minute is as Troy gets closer to Gabriella, the close-ups now contain both of them. When it's... When it's a close-up of Troy, you can really only see the, the back of Gabriella's head or the side of her head and vice versa. But it's more of that filmmaking uh, language where, oh, now that they're now that they're closer in real life, they're closer in the shots, too. And it's interesting. So I just want to say that. Back to the wide shots. So, yeah, we get these wide shots and we can see the, the 30-year-old lady who is singing the last song. She's jamming. She's um, having a good time. There's one guy to Troy's right that can't really clap on time. There are a lot. Of, it's really hard <laughs> keeping time for a lot of these people. I mean, rhythm is hard, I guess. One of my favorite things about the idea of the wide shots here is that, I mean, we never really, we never really get a full understanding of the layout of the room. Gabriella's like was sitting on this couch earlier and Troy was just kind of sitting to the side. So it's hard to know what the room is shaped like, but basically for this kind of stage and the people that were standing around them, it really just seems that like there's the 30 people standing around them and then that's it. That's like all that's happening in this room. Mm -hmm. And that like either that was everyone here and they've all decided to get up and stand around this stage or there are people on the other side of the camera sitting on those couches 
and just like not doing anything. Playing either way, it's, either way, it's kind of funny. Yeah, no, it's really weird, like how this room could be divided and our lack of knowledge of space. Because yeah, you want it to seem like everyone's super into their performance and like they're a big deal, center of attention. But you have no idea what is it yeah. a wall like. Probably not. And it gets back into that um, diegetic versus non-diegetic thing where, like, and this happens a lot of times in movies where, like, someone will be singing a song and, like, the fantasy is that there's, like, a crowd around them really enjoying it. I can't think of a really good example. I, um, Mama, welcome to the 60s from Hairspray. Hairspray? Yes. They start singing in the, the salon... John Travolta, or the mother changes, and then they go out into the street, and people that are not, were not previously in the salon, are singing and dancing this yeah. song. Yeah, that's a really good example. And that happens a lot of times if you have like muse ish characters, and I'm think not like literal muses like in Hercules, but like in Little Shop of Horrors, they have this where there's like the the duop girls are kind of like they're they're in the movie as like characters who like sit on the stoop like around. But when a song happens, they're like, ooh, now I'm singing. That's the, uh, the there are some sellers in the salon that they're in. Yeah. And they, they serve the same purpose in um, Hairspray. I was just thinking the beginning of the Amy Adams, Jason Segal Muppets. Yeah. That opening yeah. sequence to where they're they, all they dancing in the town. And then, <laughs> then they, they take the bus away and they, the crowd says they're gone and they all collapse. Yeah. The idea that like... Um, uh, the people in the background are only kind of there as like props for the the main the main characters. There's a there's a joke in The Simpsons where um, uh, Homer leaves Moe's and uh, Moe says, all right, well, Homer's gone. Time for us to all freeze and stand still until he gets back or something like that. Yeah. I mean, if you even want to go like this happens in Animal Crossing, you can set your camera on a character who is very famous with um, Zipper, um, the rabbit that's a mascot not an actual animal because he's got a zipper on his back um you left <laughs> what's inside <laughs> a big question um you leave the camera on him but you run off screen he stops his obnoxious dancing like it only matters when you're in and it was funny because you could even be slightly far away from him but still have him in the background and he wouldn't be dancing and you get just close enough and his like code switches and you're yeah. like I have to dance now. Um, but I like the idea of code switching being a literal thing in video games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it would be actually. No, He's activated. Like, yeah. he tripped. Yeah. You trip a wire. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, it's that idea that these people are only important or have purpose because of main characters. Yeah. And that's something that gets um, diverted, not diverted, subverted, something like subverted. that. In um, the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, once more with feeling, um, because it is implied that every single person in the town is infected with this musical thing. So every single, like every single house they walk by, there's like a musical number going on inside. And so, yeah, it's kind of just this interesting idea that like, wait, if everyone has their own musical numbers, wait, is everyone the, kind of the main character of their own life? Or are some people's background characters in other people's lives? So there's this, Welcome to Night Vale quote, which is a podcast, and it's old, but it's fantastic, or it's been out for a lot of years now, and it's still really big, and the quote is, death is only the end if you assume the story is about you. Yeah, interesting, yeah. So, Troy and Gabriella finish the song. And everyone's cheering. They There had been confetti 
kind of being thrown around. It was these long strips. So yeah, it's not like it's not like there were confetti cannons. <laughs> yeah, not the little flakes that you. <laughs> Thank hate. you for making the sound effect. <laughs> I have very few sound effects in my repertoire. There is one of them, but. So, yeah, but they're these, like, long ribbon kind of strands. Yeah, that you kind of just throw around in the yeah, sky. Yeah, it's almost like a, if it was a balloon. Yeah. But those stop moving once they're done. Yeah, so, yeah, they they end the song, and it's like they're, like, making deep eye contact, and they, they go, they end on an ooh. Which you have a thought about. Oh, I just thought that they, it's, the song, the song ends on the note, start of something new. But it's just like, I don't know, the... And it's actually similar to a song in that thing you do, but um, uh, which do, which does this. But in my head, it should end, ooh, which I didn't sing perfectly, but something like that. Um, right idea, wrong notes. Probably. Um, yeah, I I did it right the last time. It's just not my singing's not always in key. Um, that's why you play an instrument, not a not a singing. And so yeah, that's kind of and then. Oh, the, the, the MC, MC jumps back on stage. And he's, like, watching them and clapping and, like, get off his, the stage. No, well, no, his face is like, see, I was right. You will thank me. That that was my interpretation oh, of it. It looked a little bit like, okay, guys, get off the stage. <laughs> I like, yeah, let's wrap up. Time for the next. Which doesn't make sense. You got to live in the moment, MC. You got to let the moment happen. You got to. See, that's why he's not. That's why he, this MC never made it big. Because he, he was like, let's keep it going. I was like, no, you got to let. Let it flow until it's over. Yeah, because the crowd is still super in it. They're still cheering. It's like, you don't want to stop the applause and prevent an encore. Yeah. (laughs) That would be funny if they wanted an encore. Encore. Same song. (laughs) They just start singing, we're all in this together. Like, no, we're not there yet. (laughs) Um, Something else I noticed during this minute that I probably should have noticed earlier in this song Troy has a giant clash ring on his finger, and it was super distracting. Once I noticed it, I was like, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) All I can see now is this giant gold ring with a red stone in it. So we'll have to see if he keeps wearing it later. That's what I was thinking. If it's like a dress thing because he's dressed up, or Mm -hmm. if it's just like something he wears around. Or if he he clearly doesn't wear it when he's playing basketball. No. Or if he like wore it to this ski lodge to like show off that he was part of this big school that people probably don't know about anyways. And then the other thing, Gabriella's outfit, besides being very 2000s, we have to consider her mom laid this out for her. I mean, it's pretty. It's, it's a, super cute. It's yeah, it's it's cute. It's pretty. It's a pretty basic like. It's layered. Like an Aeropostale like blue like long sleeve sweater. No, it's sweater. like a sweater, but it's got some cool ruffles at the bottom, and then yeah. it's layered with another like kind of dynamic shirt. Yeah. But it's got some nice glitter. I mean, it seems like an outfit you could put together if you went to the mall. Yeah, but her mom laid it out for her, yeah. so it's like did. Did Gabriella intentionally pack this for, like, this is my New Year's? Because, like, when I go on vacation, the rare times yeah. I go on vacation, and it's like I prep. Yeah, you like, plan an outfit, especially like, if there's going to be, like, a big night. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, good point that the mom would have had to make that. Before we go to decom of the week, I don't, because I don't know what's going to happen next. Because for all I know, it could cut, like, right here to the title, like, High School Musical. And then the next scene is them. I already saw the title. Well, like, you know how, like, there's, like, a cold open and, like... So if this were, like, a more traditional theatrical movie where you don't show the title right right away? Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I would think that, like, this would, this, this would be a good sp- place to sp- stop and then cut to they're back at school. Like, and then 
and a very and a very kind of like grease way where like you have a little opening scene where where they've met and then you cut directly to first day of school. Well, the one thing I think you forget about the end of the grease. So we're going to go along with this grease analogy for a second here. The end of that cold open is will we ever see you, each other again? There's this fight. They have their connection and then they talk about how they have to separate. Yeah. We haven't had that talk yet. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not, I don't I don't necessarily assume that the writing is so good that that anything beyond them shaking hands and saying, Troy, Gabriella, nice to meet you, which is a weird thing. Like, I guess they're high schoolers, so they should shake hands. That's an appropriate way for them to greet each other. They're awkward. It's yeah. fine. But like, I, w- I, I don't necessarily give the writers credit for like anything deeper than like, will like, Hi, we've met now. Like, I guess the will we ever see each other again is like also the obvious answer. And what I was going like where I was going with this originally is like because it could cut right to them at high school, but but it also could cut to them in the corner making out for the rest of the night. <laughs> we don't like I don't know. That's what I assume would happen. I don't know. But probably not gonna sh- like this. probably not gonna show that in the movie. I don't even know if there's smooching in the movie as we've established. Yes. All right. So. It's time. It's time for the decom of the week. That's the Disney Channel original movie. This time I went new. This is The Swap from 2016. Any guess at what The Swap is about? Can I know who's in it? Uh, yeah. Um, we got Jack Malley and Ellie O'Brien. Um, those are the main characters played by Jacob Bertrand and Peyton List, respectively. They're teenagers. Is Peyton List the one you probably don't know from Good Luck Charlie or not? Uh, she's Jesse. Jess. Okay. I knew I knew the name. Like, at least I got that. I don't watch a lot of modern Disney stuff, so. So I think because it's a boy and a girl, that is kind of Katie Kazoo switcheroo-esque for those of you that are fans of these old. Or body swap in general. Yeah. So like your Freaky Friday. Yeah, Freaky Friday I think is a better example probably. More people know of. The, the type of body swap where they... They liter- don't get they, along. They or- literally switch bodies like... Yeah. And not a 17 again or a big where it's like a oh. body swap with one person. Thir- it's a two-person body swap. Yeah, yeah. Not a 13 going on 30 or a big. Uh, 17 again is a Zac Efron movie. That's why yeah. I said it. Well, 13 <laughs> going on 30 is a female, ver- a female version, yeah. which is nice too. Uh, <laughs> women can body swap too. Yeah. <laughs> Freaky Friday. Uh, so I'm going to guess they're like rivals in school. They don't get along in some way. And they re- they like, one of them does something dumb that gets them body swapped, like says the wrong thing to the lunch lady or something like that. <laughs> Magic lunch lady. I, I really am supportive. Thank you. <laughs> So this magical being sees their arguing and they swap lives and they realize that they've misjudged each other. All right. And you're, I mean, you're completely correct that it's a body swap movie. So I need more specifics. <laughs> OK. Uh, cheerleader or nerd? OK. Because I'm like thinking of who Je- the character, the character who pl- or the actress who plays Jessie is. She's very pretty and she's very athletic and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, she seems like a cheerleader type. Or she's a nerd and she's swapping with a jock. It's either, it's like a nerd jock switch. Okay. Um, and the nerd could be like a theater nerd or it could be like a band nerd or it could be like a math chess so what's, kind of nerd. So the, the central it, argument like, between them it's is. It's like, even though we're from different social groups, it doesn't mean either person is lesser. We're still, it's very high school musical vibes. Okay. 
Um, I will I will tell you. Um, so yes, you're correct that it's a body swap movie. Of course, it's called the swap. It's pretty easy, especially given like the age of the characters. Like based on a Megan Scholl book, like kid, kids book called the Swap, which I'm assuming I've encountered in the library. But, yeah, I would assume so too. But I have no idea what this book is. Um, directed by Jay Karras, who um I looked up and he's just mostly a TV director, but he also directs comedy specials. He had like a Dimitri Martin and an Ali Wong special under his belt. So that was interesting. Oh, yeah, now that I see the cover, it looks familiar. Um, so Jacob Bertrand, who is the uh, Kirby Buckets actor, that's a Disney XD show, mm-hmm. and Peyton List, who... Kirby Bucket, isn't that an animated XD show? I think that's a live-action one, but he's done some voices, too. Okay. Um, and then Peyton List, who I also saw was in some of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies. Oh, um, and then was later in Jesse and Bunked, which I think Bunked is a spinoff of Jesse, as my know. research suggested. So Jack and Ellie, they have tough lives. Jack's uh, mom has died. Oh, no. <laughs> and so his dad is a single parent who wants all of his sons to be like jocks and like super tough. And Ellie was abandoned by her father at a young age. And so she lives with her mom. Brady Bunch-esque. Yeah, I mean, they're not, like, together. Yeah, they're no, not, like, siblings or anything. No, I know. And also, Ellie's best friend has, like, gone and, like, become better friends with, like, a popular girl. Mm, um, I know how that is. <laughs> so they get into an argument at school. I, I forget the circumstances, but they get into an argument at school. They end up in the nurse's office. There must have been a tussle. Um, they end up in the nurse's <laughs> office, and they're arguing about who has it better, boys or girls. Because, um, Gross. well, no, you, I know, I know, because Jack is arguing that girls have it better because they're allowed to, like, express their emotions and he's supposed to, like, be a man and, like, have to be tough or whatever. That's because that's what his dad's trying boys to teach don't him. cry. Yeah. And Ellie's trying to say that, like, no, but boys don't have to deal with all this friend drama because she has a lot of drama going on. And so they're they're arguing in the nurse's office and apparently the nurse tells them, I don't know, this is my interpretation for the Wikipedia article. Apparently the nurse is just mad at them yelling, so she tells them to text their arguments instead, which I think is really funny. I love that. Um, Shut up. Text each other. So they start texting each other, and apparently magic lightning strikes, and they body swap. Dude, yes. And then apparently beyond this, the, the magic lightning is a result of both of their cell phones used to belong to their now absent parents. I don't know how the timeline works of this because it's implied that Ellie's dad left a long time ago. Maybe he, like, stopped in and, like, gave her a phone. Like, he's an absentee father, but he stops in every once in a while. So, yeah. So it's just this boys versus girls theme. And, I, I mean, the plot summary kind of ran out after they set up set up the body swap. The the resolution kind of faded out. Uh, something about... um. Jack's Jack's dad's gonna cancel their phone plan or something, <laughs> which is a silly deadline. Oh, oh, uh, sports. Um, they're both rather jockish. Um, they both have uh, major sports things coming up in their lives. Sports, sports, as, sports. As like a as, as a classic body swap thing, they like have a major event coming up. So, um, Jack is a hockey player, and Ellie is a gymnast. Um, so you were close with cheerleader, and that's the swap from 2016. And it is on Disney Plus. And it is on Disney Plus. I think what's interesting, so I wanted to pick a recent one, but when I was going through the the DCOM Wikipedia page, it's interesting because, like, the meat, the big meat of the DCOMs comes from, like, 2002, 2003, 2004. That's when a lot of DCOMs were coming out. And then after High School Musical, of course, there were a lot of big ones, too. But then in recent years, it's it's been, like, one or two a year, and some of those one or two 
are, are always like a Descendants movie or like a property that they already have made into a movie. Not, not much original new things coming in. Or like they made a Kim Possible movie, like a live action Kim Possible yeah. movie. And like that was them trying to tread new ground, but it was still like a remake. So yeah, they're not, they did Freaky Friday too, not long. They did Freaky Friday recently and they did the swap. That This, this was like the most recent like original thing that I could find and it was from 2016. Yeah. So that kind of just goes to show you where DCOMs are. I will say, one, the Descendants movies are actually pretty good. Yeah. I've enjoyed them. I haven't seen the third one yet. It's on my list to watch while I'm on break right now. Uh, two, I think the budget has, like, Descendants is a big budget for a D, like for a TV movie. There's yeah. a lot going on in that. And I would even say, like, you had things like, Oh, uh, Once Upon a Time was coming out, and that was also pretty yeah. big budget. You have, like, even the shows in general, like... I mean, I think my my logic here would be that Disney's not allocating as much of its resources towards producing Disney Channel content because they're more focused on gearing up streaming content. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, like, DCOMs in general fall quite significantly, especially as we move towards streaming and only. The, yeah, and... And D- Disney Plus does have original movies. They're kind of geared more towards the... They're like, family. Yeah, they're as, like, family movies or, like, adult-adjacent movies. Like, wh- whatever the Anna Kendrick Christmas movie was. Oh, yeah. Noel, I think. Yeah. Seems like something more, like... That was a Hallmark a, More like a Hallmark movie where it was, like, more for moms than, like, kids. But all, obviously also kids could watch it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, like, they did Lady and the Tramp. While Artemis Fowl wasn't originally going to be a Disney Plus exclusive, it now is. Yeah. And I, I had thought, like, when I'd heard that announced, that should have been a streaming only from the get-go. Because yeah. it, it's not a big property to be worthwhile in the theaters. Yeah, well, it's something that they could have tried to make a big property 10 years ago when you were making National middle, tr- middle fiction. Yeah. Middle fiction was, like, the big thing, and everyone wanted to get their foot into it. And the Percy Jackson National Treasure um well i'm like not well no but i'm just thinking like around that time around that time everyone was trying to make their hunger games their percy jackson their divergent divergent. those were the big properties and artemis fowl is adjacent to that where you're like if you tried to do that it could be something that turned into a big franchise yeah obviously it it was not as popular as those other book series so it was never going to be as big no but disney is weirdly behind the times and the uh so bad with middle yeah. The middle age. And they like, try to make like uh the nutcracker in the four four realms or something. It was rough, but I've seen worse. <laughs> yeah. But just the existence of a movie like that angered me. Yeah. I mean, so I think about cause um for those of you that haven't listened to old seasons, whatever, I don't miss a Disney opening day. I have for the last six years, I haven't missed it. Actually, it's more than that. Uh, Arietti, so that was 2012, so eight years. God, <laughs> what is time? Time doesn't exist anymore. It never has. So, like, I have seen things like the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. <laughs> Just the name of the Nutcracker in the Four Realms is so distressing. Why are there four realms? It's very Wizard of Oz-esque in that regard. Yeah. So you've got your sugar plums. I, I, I don't need to. Yeah, no, I know. Um, but then you have them re-releasing these old properties like Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, but they are geared up. Re-releasing. That's, it's, it's, it's what it is. Um, 
But, I mean, they also did re-release Beauty and the Beast, like, the animated version in 3D, and it was so good. It was so good! Like, it was better, I think, because the rain felt like it was actually raining on you. It was super well done. What, was it in 4D? No, it was in 3D, <laughs> but the angle, like, I don't know if it was the angle know, of my know, seats or whatever, what? but it was so good. Um, that being said, these modern recreations, I haven't seen Mulan yet, but I'm even going to go Mulan on this route that they're gearing them in a way that they are trying to target that middle age that they have not been able to hit well. Yeah, which is interesting because you would think they are hitting them with Marvel movies and Star Wars movies, theoretically. But those aren't Disney. Yeah, which which is like annoying for the Disney people because they, like, they want the castle logo before that movie. Exactly. So you have... Thing- I mean, the Muppets... I think were some of that middle. It was great. The Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted hit all ages in a really good way, but yeah. they really did hit that middle age really well. Well, yeah. So it, I think back to the point. I think is like they're not. Tr- they're putting less effort into like engaging Disney Channel shows. Like they they can produce shows. They have enough shows banked. They're kind of like, okay, whatever whatever we do on Disney Channel, that's fine. We're just not going to put the extra effort into it. They're not going to spend the budget they did for The Mandalorian on a Disney Channel show. Yeah, obviously. So I think that just kind of will, yeah, will signal the end of the DCOM as we know it. Because more of, the, more of those kind of ideas that would normally go to DCOMs, stuff like adaptations of middle fiction, like The Swap, mm-hmm. are more likely to go straight to Disney Plus than to go to Disney Channel. I think there will still be some hokey ones. Yeah. Like, I saw Adventures in Babysitting, like a recreation of Adventures in Babysitting. And, like, there are, like, the right middle fictions where it's, like, um, this is Nickelodeon, but Nickelodeon made Swindle, and, like, uh, Disney made the swap. Like, these aren't big properties. No. But they're they're appropriate for a TV movie. I would see, like, Rules uh, by Cynthia Lord, which deals with... um, a family with one of the children being on the autism spectrum. Something like the one and only, actually the one and only Ivan is being. If, if Disney had produced Wonder, I would imagine oh, that yeah. would have gone to Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Although I think that was a fair theater release that like deserved it. Yeah, so. I think the book, I think that's the thing is how big is the book? Like Wonder was huge. Yeah. That poor author was doing tons of classroom visits. I mean, awesome yeah. for her, but also like so right. much work. <laughs> Uh, but, sorry, one more thing. I know, <laughs> wrapping up. Um, I think trying to find, I think those lesser properties like roles and that kind of stuff are going to be the Disney Channel ones where the bigger properties like Percy Jackson, Artemis Fowl, Percy Jackson's on Disney Plus now. Yeah. So that so was yeah. what I was going to say. Good Disney breakdown. Break. Um, okay. Next time will be minute seven. Ooh, Ooh. lucky number seven. Wait, yeah. wait, I have one more thing. Okay. What if what if when Troy told um, Gabriella his name at the end, it wasn't actually telling her his name. He was saying the name of his favorite film, Troy, directed by Wolfgang Peterson. No. <laughs> As if that thing that you do when you introduce yourself to someone, you're like, hi, my favorite movie. <laughs> oh, brother, where art thou? Tyler, that's just something you do. <laughs> that's not something everyone No, but does. what's your name? No, my name is Oh, brother, where art thou? <laughs> No, okay, that was it. All um, right. Good end. I mean, it is conceivable that Troy could be Troy's favorite movie because it did come out in 2004. Like, it was like an action movie. Would he have been able to... Isn't that rated R? Or is it PG-13? Uh, I'm not sure, but... <laughs> um, he's like 16 or 17. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I just... 
I don't know. And it's like it's like a it's like a sword and sandals movie that's like even if it is rated R, it's like meant for like that age bracket. Okay. So that be it. (laughs) Rate, review, subscribe. Find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. At Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y for me on Twitter and the Instagram. Wow. Uh, special thanks to our fantastic artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our music from Joe Winslow, joewinslowmusic.com. So we will see you next time for Minute 7. What's going to happen? Who knows? Not me. You don't. <laughs> but Condra does. I do. And we'll be... Getting more into those shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Next time, you can bet on it. <laughs>